Jade Software presents Beta and Beyond, the RegTech Modernization Podcast. Hey, welcome back everybody to Beta and Beyond. This is your host, Michael Howard. Today, we have a special guest with us, Tom Hallam, Jade's Director of Technology. Thanks for joining us today, Tom. All good. Uh, pleasure to be here. Cheers. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the pillars of modernizing your technology function, and that is data fabrics. Sounds rather intriguing. But before we kick off, Tom, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the Director of Technology um, at Jade. That means I've got kind of responsibility across our various lines of business. So our uh, anti-money laundering system, Jade Third Eye, our digital services, um, our Capital Jade database platform and new products. Um, before uh, I was at Jade, uh, sort of a self-employed uh, architect, um, and even before that, I was at Dyson uh, working as a technical lead on their smart home IoT project. Um, so my main focus really is on what I like to call pe uh, people-first architectures. So how do we make sure that the software that we're writing is suitable for the people that are writing it as well as uh, the customer that's using it as well? So how do we reduce kind of cognitive load on our teams as we uh, move move towards production? Uh, I also focus a lot on kind of organizational design um, and designing software for scale as well. Uh, so on top of that, um, I'm an AWS certified solutions architect. So yeah, I tend to focus a lot on that uh, cloud stack. Um, but yeah, that's me. So data fabrics, what 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 is it? What are they? Sure. So you may have heard uh, another term, data mesh. Um, so it's they're kind of one and the same. Um, it was brought up by um, ThoughtWorks on their technology radar, and it's effectively the concept of describing uh, a system to enable frictionless access and sharing of data across an organization uh, through uh, a single and consistent data management framework. So what that means in practice is a set of tools and processes that allow for data to be shared across the organization in a consistent way, and hopefully to break down some of those organizational silos as well when we combine it with good organizational design. Okay, why is data fabrics needed then? How has it become so important for modern enterprise businesses? Well, I think what we find is uh, data often finds itself in silos, right? Whether that's in a uh, an application, uh, you know, a legacy application or something like that, or it's um, being handled by a specific data team. So instead of us having ourselves kind of lined up around the, um, you know, what, what we're doing in our various departments in, in a company. So say, for example, we've got a, uh, a part of the business that's focusing on, on, on product and a part of the business that's focusing on, uh, you know, customer service or something like that. Data tends to be created in these parts of the organizations and then handled by a completely separate data team who don't have the context of, of, of that data. Um, so what you end up with is, uh, and, and I talked recently about this, um, I did a presentation in the public sector forum in, in, in New Zealand around how you end up chucking all this data that has a lot of um, associated kind of context with it into uh, like a data lake uh, or something similar and then expect consumers of that data to kind of pull it out and build all that context again. So data fabrics for me, as I said, is that kind of combination of good organizational design and a consistent way to access data across the organization to enable that kind of uh, rapid uh, engineering and development of, of new applications and creating new value on top of it. And more and more, certainly post-COVID, we're, we're being um, you know, asked uh, as, as technical people to, you know, to help modernize um, applications and to help modernize how people interact with companies. 
And being able to rapidly kind of deliver that value to customers is really starting to separate people that are succeeding and people that are failing in this sort of post-COVID world. So I think that's, yeah, in a nutshell, again, that's kind of my my two cents on why it's a, a useful thing to be thinking about. So what are some of the risks in organizations face when implementing data fabrics? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of the key ones is that legacy data stores may actually struggle to handle the load of modern applications. So when I talk about that, we've got maybe data in a legacy database that was designed long before the web was being used in the way that it is today. Um, and that and that's the case for a lot of organizations, right? Um, what is you know so that there are things that we can do there right we we can put uh, caching layers in 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 the in front of that um we can uh, combine data into a different data store and we can you know push it into something more um web ready um but that's definitely something that is a is a concern that needs to be identified when you're kind of looking at this as a as a as a step forward um so yeah that that that's that's definitely one but the second one for me is um, across data stores, data might be stored in completely different formats, using different naming strategies, um, and it may just look completely different from one data store to the next. In fact, it almost definitely will. Mm. It's really important for organizations to converge on a, like almost a data language, how you talk about data inside the organization, also how you present it back to the organization. So that's almost that can be as simple as agreeing, uh, agreeing on uh, naming and, and, and terminology for the data. So when instead of talking about I don't know, for example, with a person in one data store, it could be called P and in another data store, it could be called person or in another, it could be called per, right? Agree on which one it is, right? And then present that back to the organization. Um, there are also open standards that can be used for this. So there are various open standards starting to come out to describe a person or describe a, uh, I don't know, a, a park or an environment or something like that, right? It, it, there are ways you can stand on the shoulders of giants a little bit here, right? You, you don't have to do all this work yourself. Um, so that's 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 definitely a risk and not having that language. Um, and then finally, I talk about this a lot with my kind of, you know, when I'm talking about organizational design, it really helps if you're already thinking in an agile way about the way that you're approaching work. And the reason that I say that is because getting the teams to align around a purpose and a goal rather than the job that they're doing will allow for that context to flow a lot more freely within departments of the business. So instead of having a team that's focused entirely on doing development and another team, maybe in a completely different building that's focused on machine learning and data or whatever, let's move these teams closer together so that they can share from one another, learn about the context and learn about each other's craft so that they can produce something that is really, really aligned to what that part of the organization is doing. Because the, the, as soon as you, if you don't have that, there are so many opportunities for confusion, um, for misinterpretation, as you're throwing things between departments to solve one common goal. Let's align people together and get them singing off the same hymn sheet. That's a big risk because a lot of organizations still struggle to get that alignment right. And, and for some, it is a 90 degree turn. Yeah, true. So it really sounds like, and it sort of comes through on everything you're saying, it's that people and technology combined, you can't separate the two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes you've got a problem, then you add technology, and then you've got two problems, right? <laughs> it's, it is, it absolutely is that, right? And people thinking that technology will solve their business problem they that that's that's untrue technology won't solve anything unless you align your organization and your people around the problem that you're trying to solve so mm. this is an enabler it's not the end end goal right for sure
So thinking about organisations who are in the process of or about to begin their move to data fabrics, how can they set themselves up for success and minimise such risks? Yeah, sure. So um, designing to respect context is a really big one. So touching on that piece before around how we uh, or align ourselves as, as teams, mm-hmm. we align ourselves around the context that we're trying to, to work in, right, rather than the job that we're doing. So that's really important. If we're not doing that, then this is going to be very difficult. We expose data, uh, the, the organization's data, back to itself through the data fabric or a data access layer. Uh, what that means in practice is something like GraphQL or an API gateway that we expose to the organization and we say this is this is where you go to use this and this is how you um, iterate on top of it. And that leads me on to the kind of final point, really, where we need to be thinking about data like a product. And what I mean by that is we have good quality data that we evangelize within the organization, we make available, we have really good documentation. We do the work to make it something that is impossible to ignore within the organization and a real asset. Um, Allowing consumers and allowing our uh, engineering teams to iterate on top of data stores like this really does unlock some pretty cool use cases. And if you can set up consistent ways of managing that across your contexts um, and thinking about it in this sort of joined up way, that's what I mean by data as a product. So I think it's really important. When looking at a properly functioning data fabrics organization, what benefits could they expect to receive? Yeah, sure. So I guess it's also really important to say at this point that data fabrics and data mesh is kind of a really new way of kind of thinking about some of this stuff. Mm. And the fact that, you know, it does require that sort of agile transformation or at least a kind of a good step forward in that. Um, Some organizations are not going to be able to start this tomorrow. Right. But if I was to look for, I guess, some sensors or some kind of key indicators that organizations are working in this way is that they're delivering value rapidly right so we've got of course we've got agile and we've got devops enabling that but they are able to create prototypes quickly on top of that data right and um, because they can join data together in ways that they couldn't do before and they can create really innovative things on top of that because we're not limited by the you know the huge amount of work it would take to liberate a lot of this data um so that, that's 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 definitely one. I think um, the governance and compliance piece, obviously we work a lot in the kind of reg tech space here. The governance and the compliance piece for me is really important. When we're aligning teams around that context and the job, you know, the job to be done almost, um, that, that kind of sharing and that sort of knowledge and that sort of transfer of um, skills between that team really improves governance because it's no longer that you have you know, a team working in one department that knows everything about the data that they, you know, all the kind of the administrative side of, you know, the compliance and the legal side of the data that they're dealing with. And then you hand it over to a completely separate team to manage that data who don't have that context and whose goals are completely different to those of the um, of that of that department. So improving the compliance there is massive because actually having all the teams aligned in the same direction, you know, that that almost happens by default. Right. And that's mm. um, that's really exciting. So finally, for me, uh, it's the morale of the development teams as well, right? So reducing that cognitive load, I mean, that's an area of real focus for me at the moment, is how do we get the shortest path between an idea and it being in production and people getting value from it in a way that limits that overhead on the engineers working on the problem? And that's even more important at the moment and you know, quite a, a topical thing, really, given the skill shortage that we have in New Zealand. 
the morale, you know, reducing attrition and keeping people as happy as they can in, in organizations and making helping them thrive in their in their workplace um, is, is so important. So we need to be designing not just and this is coming back to that sort of human human centric architecture, right? We're designing software for the people that are building it as well as the people consuming it. Mm-hmm. And that's just so important for me. Very cool. Um, any last words of wisdom you have to impart for anyone considering data fabrics? Yeah, sure. So I touched on before briefly, but I'll say again, this is still pretty new, right? Um, and we're doing a lot of interesting work at Jade at the moment on uh, researching, understanding, figuring out how to roll this out to organizations in a sort of a safe and controlled way. Um, and I'm absolutely fascinated about what it means. So um, yeah, always open to discussions on this. Um, feel free to contact me on LinkedIn uh, about it. Um, and yeah, just fascinated to see what the road ahead is for it really, uh, for this sort of new way of thinking. Well, thanks for being on the show with us today, Tom. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Michael. No problems. Really looking forward to our next episode of Beta and Beyond, the RegTech Modernization Podcast. So thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you, see you soon.